1: Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. When you close your eyes and imagine someone crossing the finish line at the end of an Ironman triathlon, what do you see? Someone exhausted? Someone exhilarated? Sure. Someone who's 6'4", 285 pounds, and coming off a career-ending knee injury? Maybe not. But that describes former NFL defensive lineman Don Davey. At least it describes him several years ago, when at the end of a professional football career that started with the Green Bay Packers and ended with the Jacksonville Jaguars, He told physical therapist and certified athletic trainer Mike Ryan that he was going to finish an Ironman within five years. Of the two of them, only Ryan, who competes in triathlons, knew how difficult that would be. But as you'll hear in the following interview, both men believed Davey could do it, even if it meant dramatically reshaping his body, even if it meant being realistic about the type of training his body could endure. This episode of Move Forward Radio is about Davey's Ironman quest, but more broadly, it's about never looking in the mirror and saying, I can't before giving something a try. As always, input from our panelists is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. With that, here's our interview with former NFL defensive lineman Don Davey and current physical therapist and certified athletic trainer for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Mike Ryan. So Don, you were drafted by the Green Bay Packers in 1991. You finished your career in the NFL in 1998 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. In recent months and years, there's been a lot of focus on the toll of football with the focused attention on head trauma, but football is a tough, punishing game, whether you feel those effects or have head trauma or not. At the point you retired, what did you think your athletic future would be? How beat up did you feel by your NFL career?
2: Well, there's no question that nine years in the NFL takes its toll on your body. And actually, my career ended because of a pretty severe knee injury to my right knee. It's actually kind of an interesting story that Mike was a part of. I hurt my knee in the '98 season. I had surgery in the off-season. Tried to come back the next year, and, and they found out that there was still something else going on. And the, the best course of action after that was microfracture procedure. And actually, we have a lot of success rate with that procedure, especially in the knee. And I was actually cleared medically to play to come back. And I was told by the doctors I probably could continue playing for another two or three or four or five years, but. Thanks to Mike, Mike and I had some candid conversations. You know, we had a lot of conversations about what I wanted my life to look like after the NFL, and I knew I wanted to be fit and healthy and active after the NFL as well. And based on those conversations, I came to the decision that, you know what, it's been a good run in the NFL. I'm getting out relatively healthy, and if I get out now, I'm pretty sure I can do some other things physically that I'd like to be able to start doing. And sure enough, I made the conscious decision to walk away.
1: And fit and healthy for a former NFL player. I mean, there's some of those guys that years later are walking with one limp or two. Definitely guys who you can, you can see the toll. So just to be able to be able to move around was a goal in and of itself. But where did this idea come from of essentially continuing to be competitive, continuing to be really active athletic and then to to do triathlons?
2: Well, the seeds of this, again, were planted in my head by Mike. During training camp, I was a 285-pound defensive lineman, and every year in training camp at the Jaguars, uh, Mike's a, a world-class athlete himself and has done Ironmans all over the world. He used to come into the locker room or in the training room from the off seasons with pictures of himself from Ironman New Zealand and Ironman Lanzarote and these races that he would do all over the world. And it, it, it really inspired me, and it kind of planted the seed in my head. I remember looking at him on the training table when he was taping my ankles one day before practice, uh, saying, listen, Mike, I'm a 285-pound defensive lineman, but five years out of the NFL, I'm going to do one of those Ironman things. And and he looked at me like I was absolutely crazy, and he laughed at me, <laughs> as did everyone else in the training room at the time. But sure enough, it was Almost five years to the month, I retired. I did my first full Ironman, and that was Ironman Wisconsin.
1: So, Mike, let's go back to that moment. When Don tells you that he's going to do an Ironman, did you think he had any idea what he was saying, and what did you think were the chances he'd be able to do that? And, and that, I believe, is before he suffered that knee injury you mentioned. So what did you think the chances were that a 285-pound defensive lineman would be doing an Ironman within five years of the end of his career? I knew it was a
0: reach, but knowing Don, I knew it was very, very possible and more likely than not. And the thing in talking, knowing Don well from, you know, watching him work and his work ethics and also working with during rehab during other injuries, I knew how hard he worked. I knew he had the work ethics to kind of accomplish something like that. So the thing I did that I knew would seal the deal was I said, there's no way you could do it. Kind of threw it out to him, and you could see the fire starting to build already. So it kind of lit the spark that was already there, and he really focused on it. And uh, to be able to do a race with him and to watch him how successful he's been as an Ironman triathlete coming out of a very, very successful football career has been really exciting. I've had the best seat in the house to kind of watch him before, during, and after, and it's, it's a real tribute to him and his work ethic.
1: Do you know of any other former NFL players, particularly defensive linemen, guys of that size, who have done
0: this? There's been a couple, but not many. I know Heinz uh, Ward just did an Ironman in Hawaii about three or four weeks ago, but he's about a third the size of Don. So the fact that Don being as big as he is, having the injuries that he did, and especially involving the knees... because running, especially the kind of training you have to do to prepare for a race, isn't necessarily knee-friendly. Again, goes back to his work ethics and determination because it wasn't easy and it was a long haul for him. And uh, the exciting thing is he's, he's far from done. He's, uh, he's still continuing to uh, get those races and, and work very, very hard.
1: And Mike, just to make sure everybody's on the same page, so share the distances of the swim and the bike and the run um, in an Ironman.
0: Sure. A swim for the Ironman triathlon is 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and then a marathon, a 26.2-mile run. So
1: total about 140 miles. So, Don, this is my question to you. When you said you would finish an Ironman, did you have any idea those were the distances?
2: I had no clue whatsoever.
1: <laughs>
2: I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And, and interestingly, uh, it was probably two years after I retired that I did my first sprint triathlon, which, as you probably know, is only a quarter-mile swim and a 12-mile bike and a three-mile run. And I literally and physically almost died at the end of that. And that's when the reality or the enormity of this task really hit me between the eyes, but also it kind of lit that fire inside of me. I said, listen, everybody in this race with me is at least 100 pounds lighter than me, but uh, somehow, some way, I'm going to figure out a way to get good enough and fit enough in these things to not only compete one, and then I, after completing my first one, it was, okay, how good can I get at these things? You know, for the last several years, I've, I've actually turned out to be pretty competitive in these things.
1: That had to be humbling though to to do that sprint triathlon and essentially feel mortal right?
2: That's actually a, another great story. I signed up for the first sprint the day before uh, after not having trained at all. And just thinking, being kind of arrogant and uh, my ego getting the best of me. Hey, I'm a professional athlete or was a professional athlete for 10 years. How hard can this thing be? And I signed up for it and showed up the next morning. And I had my baggy shorts and I had a, I think I was wearing a football jersey. And uh, I had my rickety old mountain bike with two gears and no brakes. And uh, I get out there into the, the swim start and I start. The first thing that really hit me between the eyes is how small everybody was. <laughs> I'm looking around as we're standing on the beach. I said, these are all the cross-country guys I used to beat up in high school. Said, these guys are 120 pounds soaking wet. But then we get in the, the swim start, and it was in the ocean here in uh, in Jacksonville. You know, it's only a quarter-mile swim. I, I'd swam as a kid, you know, doing the doggy paddle and the backstroke and those type things, and knew how to do a front crawl at least. And I jumped in the swim at the start, and I started going like heck as fast as I could and I honestly got maybe 50 yards into it and I felt like my arms just completely fell off. I could not move my arms anymore and in the NFL, in in football, think about when you get tired or we get tired in the the course of a game, you take a knee and you go down and you take a rest and for the first time it dawned on me, it's like, I can't take a knee. There's no way for me to rest. (laughs) If I don't keep swimming, I'm going to die in this thing. I'm in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So I did the only thing I knew how to do, and I flipped over on my back, and I I started doing the backstroke, and and not the regular fast backstroke that people do. I did kind of the up-out-together kind of third-grade backstroke that you learn. And people are whizzing by me, and before I know it, there's one of the race marshals came paddling up on a a surfboard, and he came over to me, and he looked at me, and he's watching me do this ridiculously slow backstroke just trying to not drown. And he looks at me like, dude, did you know there was a swim as part of this thing at all? But I managed to get through the swim, I got to shore, and I was completely exhausted. And then I jumped on my bike, and I somehow managed to pedal my way through the bike. I remember coming into T2 at the transition and putting my bike away. And I had almost convinced myself that that was the end of it. <laughs> and I saw everybody taking off to run. And I you know, jogged, slash walked, so shuffled my way through, uh, through three miles. And I got to the finish line at the end of that first one. And it was the most physically exhausted I've ever been in my life. But again, somewhere deep inside of me, it kind of lit that fire like, you know, they used to pay me a lot of money to be in shape as a professional athlete, but these weekend warrior guys, they've achieved a level of fitness I've never even dreamed of in my wildest dreams as an athlete. I'm going to see how good I can get at these things.
1: So, Mike, did Don share how difficult a time he had with his first triathlon experience, or did he keep that to himself?
0: No, no, it was very obvious. I was in that race, too, and watching him, and uh, I realized he was struggling with it, but the thing that never left him was his smile and his energy. I remember him coming down the, the road towards the finish line is of Boulevard and you could see those big baggy pants because we all had the kind of these tight-fitting triathlon pants here he comes with these big balloon pants down down the road itself you, you, you couldn't miss them but his energy was just really impressive and he had a lot of fun and we, we talked afterwards and he hydrated real well after the race I was happy to see and, and I knew right then he, he was hooked and got himself a real good bike got the real gear and uh, got on a training regiment and really went after it it, it was an eye opener for him but he uh, he really enjoyed it and he never let go of that dream.
1: So what role have you played for Don? Has it been more as a in, in the role of certified athletic trainer and physical therapist in terms of helping him with his body there, or is there, did you spin from the experience of having done triathlons yourself and giving him that kind of advice, or is it both?
0: I, I think all of the above. I, I think it started as a professional athletic trainer, physical therapist, helping with his rehab, and then a confidant, and we've been great friends ever since, and training partners. We trained, we did uh, Ironman Austria in 2009 and that was really neat to kind of do the race with him and spend time with him, and he's, he's a great guy. We had a lot of fun with our, our George Mayforth, another guy that we trained with, but to kind of see him from all perspectives as a as a fellow athlete, professionally, personally, it's really been neat, and he's just always focused on getting better. I mean, it's it's really been impressive, and, and I've worked with a lot of professional athletes in my 26 years in the NFL, and he's a rare gem of, of a guy who really sees himself as an athlete, really looks at the challenges, and and he walked away from a, a very lucrative professional career where he wasn't focused on the, the financial gains from it. He wanted more for himself, for, for his family and himself as an athlete and a person and, and the challenges, and I really respect that. You know, when you, you get in this level, and a lot of athletes always say to me, as I'm sure they're saying to Don now, that you know, they say, well, how much are you getting paid to do these races? Quite the contrary, you have to pay to do these races. Professional athletes that can't really comprehend the fact you have to pay something to do an athletic event that usually they get paid to do So it puts a whole different spin on it. So you know the people that tow the line to do the kind of races are not doing it for financial gain, and and Don's a perfect example of that. He's he's really been a breath of fresh air for triathletes in this whole area because he's come with it with a true passion of wanting to compete and, and kind of learn about himself, which we all do in these kind of races, not for some external motivation.
1: Don, you mentioned how ill-prepared you were for the first triathlon. So I guess lesson one was maybe you should train for these things. Beyond that, though, just sort of needing to do that basic training, how physically prepared were you? How was your knee at that point? Have you sustained other injuries along the way of doing this? What have you done to address the wear and tear of not just your triathlon activities but the football activities that came before it?
2: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Like I said, I played nine years in the NFL and had my share of dings and bruises other than the career-ending injury I had with my knee. It's been so valuable to me to have Mike as part of this whole thing because you think about it, football is all fast twitch, right? I mean, the average play in football lasts three and a half seconds. My whole life I was trained to be powerful and explosiveness and to be able to go like hell for three and a half seconds and then recover for 45 seconds in between plays. And every muscle in my body was trained for that for years and years and years. Now all of a sudden... I realized getting into this, now I have to start developing these slow twitch fibers, which I would never done before ever in my life. I'd never been a swimmer or a runner or a biker before. And it's been a 10-year transformation for me that my body is completely different now than it was then. But also now that leads to a whole different set of injuries. You know, I'm used to impact injuries where you, you break a bone or you, you snap a ligament or something like that. The injuries that come with endurance training are more the repetitive stress injuries, the, the stress fractures, uh, the overuse injuries. And, again, just like uh, I had Mike to to bandage me up and patch me up and and get me rehabbed uh, back in the NFL, I'm lucky that I still got him as a resource to deal with all these other new type of injuries that I get in triathlon training.
1: So, Mike, obviously, Don's a special case. But beyond that, there are often people who sort of say, well, I'd love to do a triathlon or I'd love to do a marathon or whatever it is, but I just don't have that body type. You know, I'm a a big guy. I can't do that. What is the key to be able to make that transition from – either the more explosive power or just deal with the sheer size to become more of an endurance athlete. What's the best way to go about that safely?
0: I think the safest way to do it is to start slow, to get advice from people that really know what's there. You can't get into someone else's regime as a different type of athlete, whether you're a big guy going to a small guy sport or vice versa, and kind of follow the suit of what someone else does to prepare. You have to listen to your body, you have to start slow, and you really have to be smart. Even when I'm training for an Ironman triathlon, I rarely run more than three days a week because I just know that you know, a lot of the pounding is going to add to other issues. So the cross-training components for a sport like this, you can swim, bike, run, lift, cross-train, do a lot of the activities, and that's important. So I think the general advice for someone interested in getting into another sport is to start slow, listen to their body, and you know, their body's going to know a lot more than they think, and they have to trust what their body's telling them, and be realistic. They have to realize they have to, like Don did, he started with a sprint triathlon, he worked his way up, he did a lot of training, he asked a lot of advice for people around him, he focused on other events as far as swimming and biking while he worked on the running part of it, not overdoing it at that one component. And really realized getting ready for another type of sport is kind of a marathon. It's a longer endeavor, not something that you can do overnight and turn it around in a week or two. So being smart like that, and Don's a perfect example of someone who took all that advice and applied it and not only reaped the benefits of doing very well and becoming very healthy, you know, it kind of opened up a whole new avenue for him to fill that need as, as an athlete and competing in something beyond a professional sport.
1: Don, how difficult was that for you to be patient, to take that time? I mean, maybe to some degree your, your body made you do it. As you mentioned, you're someone who has paid a lot of money previously to work out, to be in shape. Your NFL career was over, so I'm sure you had a fire to, to fill that time with something else. But how long did it take you to build up to that Ironman distance, and how were you able to sort of keep the path and not overextend yourself?
2: Yeah, I purposely set a plan. I should do a couple of other sprints after that. And then when I started to get the hang for this thing, I set a plan that, okay, next year, um, a year from now I'm going to sign up and do an Olympic distance and train next year to do that. The next year I'm going to sign up for a half, and the next year was going to be the full. So it was kind of a four-year progression leading up to that very first full Ironman that I did at Wisconsin. And I would love to do six of these things a year like some of my buddies do. I just physically know that I have physical limitations, and the biggest one being arthritis in the ankles, knees, and hips, and back, that's just not going to go away. So I've always been smart about my training. Once I got to the Ironman level, now I'm on an every other year schedule. I only do a race every other year. I'll train for a full year, leading up to one, do a race, give my body a full year to recover, and then sign up for a race uh, the following year. Knock on wood, so far that's been working pretty well for me.
1: In one of your competitive years, what does a week of training look like? I mean, I'm sure you ramp up, but Mike mentioned only running a few days a week. How often are you running? How often are you swimming, biking? What's that A rough week look like?
2: Part of what I love about it is what a lot of guys struggle when they leave the NFL is that lack of structure. You know, the NFL years and days and weeks and months are all very structured for us. We know exactly you start in the offseason, you transition into a mini camp and then you have the draft and then you move into OTAs and then you go into training camp and then preseason and then the regular season and then the playoffs. Each Week of the year is kind of scheduled and mapped out for you. And in triathlon training, you know it's often a uh, a 36 week program leading up to a race, and you've got certain blocks that you're leading up to where you're doing some base training and then a build phase leading up to the race. And so that part of it's been really enjoyable. But a typical training week early in the off season, it'll start at maybe 10 to 15 hours a week. By the peak, it's as much as 25, 30 hours a week that you're putting in training between the the swimming and biking and running and with my physical limitations you know i do a lot of, of water training or uh, water running elliptical training try to keep as much impact off my joints as i can to make sure i can not only get through the training but get through the race as well
1: when you look at the training regimen you have to do for this versus the training that you had to do to stay in the nfl obviously you're younger then, you had less toll on your body at that point but which is more challenging or are they just a different kind of challenge?
2: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, people ask me that all the time, okay, well, what's harder? You you made it to the highest level in the NFL, and you made it to the highest level in, in triathlon. Which one's harder? And I honestly can't say it. they're just so vastly different. Like I say, all the training I did in the NFL was short, quick, explosiveness, and burst. And Ironman training, it's not even about going fast. It's about not slowing down. It's just being able to just... No matter how bad you feel or how hungry you are or how tired you are or how hot you are, just mentally more than anything, not letting the gas off the pedal and just maintaining a certain level of 65% or 70% of your max throughout the whole day. And and fortunately for me, that was one of the things that made me successful in the NFL. Is the I wasn't the most talented guy, but I was probably one of the most perseverant guys where I would come hell or high water i would always show up i would always be there i'd be on time and every single game i would show up every single play and, and battle my ass off that really help helps me a lot in triathlons as well that mental toughness and just being able to endure pain or, or whatever you're going through during the course of a race
1: let's talk about the euphoria of finishing that when you finish an iron man what does that compare to from your football career
2: Oh, absolutely. It's uh, right up there with my greatest moments in the NFL. In fact, my wife actually pulled out a picture. There's a picture of me that ran in the newspaper when I played from the Jaguars. It was our expansion year in 1995, and we had just beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were our division champ and had just played in the Super Bowl the year before. It was our first home win, and the clock was ticking down, and I was walking off the field, and I just kind of clenched my fist and gave this big, flex and a roar and a and a yell. And you could just see on my face how happy I was and how excited I was. I did a tune-up race last year for the, the Ironman in Germany. I did a half Ironman in Florida. And at the finish line, I had that exact same feeling, and I gave out that exact same roar clenched fist. They, and my wife took out the two pictures and put them side by side and showed them to me, and it, it clicked with me. I said, this is exactly what I love about this sport. It gives me that exact same rush and thrill and adrenaline rush and competitiveness that i used to get from the nfl i've translated that to a new sport and jason he, he was a little skinnier in the second picture
0: <laughs> i would imagine
1: by about 70 pounds <laughs> <laughs> so mike what can nfl players who are reaching the end of their career learn from what don has done well a lot i think
0: what they can learn is they have to feed their competitive nature it's something that we compete as young men or young women since we were three four years old and you can't just stop and get done with a professional career and expect that yearning and that internal nature to want to compete to just stop. And I think Don did a great job. He knew that competitive nature was there, and he put it in, in, into a healthy direction compared to something that wouldn't be healthy. So I think he directed himself in, in the right manner. He continued to set goals. I think that's real important because, you know, you look at the players and they get done playing in any professional sport, not just the NFL. Some of the successes and they get off the field, are the rates aren't very high for a lot of reasons, and I think... Don was able to kind of focus on those kind of things. Physically, he took care of himself. The training he did, I mean, think about that. As an athlete at any age, to suddenly drop 70 pounds and completely change your body in a way of competing in a, in a sport that's about 180 degree direction as far as intensity goes, that's not an easy feat to do. And then he's doing it on top of some of the medical issues that he had. So I think Don did a great job of hanging some carrots out there and some goals of finishing a short triathlon, finishing a sprint triathlon, finishing a half Ironman and then finishing a full Ironman. He worked with a lot of people. He asked a lot of great questions. He did everything the right way because it's, it is a big, big transition, and he did it the right way both athletically, physically, and emotionally. Uh, Don and I have had some conversations, of, as I've had conversations with a lot of other professional athletes, when they're done playing, there's a big emotional void because suddenly they're not viewed necessarily as a professional athlete, which is very something dear to their heart for good reason. Is Suddenly they're an ex-player. And that emotional transition is not an easy one. And then they have a family to take care of and they have other responsibilities. So suddenly they have the emotional stress of being in a whole different role with a whole different title. And Don has done a great job of using that in a a good manner uh, with a very, uh, very happy outcome.
1: And then what can the weekend warrior learn? By definition, you don't get to the NFL without being an extraordinary athlete. So from that standpoint, the average weekend warrior cannot relate to what Don is able to do. On the other hand, as you mentioned, he completely changed his body type. He had all these injuries that the average weekend warrior might not have yet, or at least never have got to that level. So what can that person learn from what he's been able to persevere and do? Well,
0: this is an easy example of sit back and say, oh, he's a professional athlete. He can do it. There's no way I could do that. And that's not the case. Don will tell you, as anybody who gets involved with any kind of these multi sports, even if it's a single sport, like a running event, there are individuals there, every shape and size, every different background, every variable you can think of, big and small. So it really shows you the fact that if you really want to do something, why not? So I think the weekend warrior has to say to themselves, are they holding themselves back for the right reasons? And why not give it a chance? Why not try to do the things you can? Because you're always going to surprise yourself because... As a physical therapist, I can tell you the body can make amazing, amazing changes, and it's a lot smarter than we give it credit for. So if you're working at something and you put that goal out there and you work hard at it, it's not going to be easy because there's a human nature that you kind of want to feel sorry for yourself, and I think that's something as a triathlete, a successful triathlete, is able to turn off that little switch that you know, when you get 100 miles into a race and you still have 40 miles to go and everything is hurting, it's real easy to sit at the side of the road and stop. But you have to continue to push yourself. So is it an easy venture? Absolutely not. But I think weekend warriors can say to themselves, set that goal, put the bar a lot higher than you anticipate you can get to, and take small chunks to work at it. Because the outcome and the rewards for all those things are are priceless. Because I think if there's one thing that I think we do in society nowadays is we try to say that the term an athlete, someone kind of outgrows that term. And that, that's a big, big mistake. You see a lot of athletes that are in their 70s, 80s, and 90s that do phenomenally well. And then I think the term athlete just doesn't expire. So I think holding on to that title and not consider yourself as a has-been and finding something that you can do. Is it running marathons? Is it bench pressing 100 pounds? You never know what it is, but starting slow, progressing with something, continue to get better, both your body and your mind will respond to that. And I think it's real important to not give up on either one of those variables.
1: So on that note, Don, what are your athletic goals from here?
2: Well, I I clearly remember finishing my first Ironman in Wisconsin um, and actually finishing feeling like I had a little gas in the tank. And uh, that was a combination of smart training and, uh, and having a good race plan going into it. But then after having finished the first one, it was kind of like, okay... How can we get to the ultimate in this? And the ultimate in this level, in triathlon, is the Ironman World Championships over in Kona in Hawaii. Twice in my NFL career, I made it to the championship game, uh, once in the NFC championship game with the Packers, and once in the AFC championship game with the Jaguars. Unfortunately, we lost both, so I, after a nine-year career, I never got a chance to play in the Super Bowl. My goal is to somehow, some way, find a way to compete in the Super Bowl of triathlon, and that's the World Championships in Kona.
1: Mike, you mentioned how this is a great example of not settling, not putting an age limit on when somebody's an athlete and not settling for I can't. That said, when you think back to that first experience in the training room when he said he was going to do an Ironman, you look at what Don has done now. In essence, when you think about all the injuries he went through in that career, what his knee went through, for example, what he's been through in this, could you have pictured this realistically?
0: I really could. and Knowing Don and Working with him firsthand with the rehab, the energy, he tore an ACL and came back from a torn ACL and had full reconstruction, which is a, a very, very difficult injury to, to manage as a professional athlete, and he, he worked harder than any professional athlete I've ever seen. So I knew the work ethics was never an issue. I have to admit, when he did have some of the articular cartilage issues and did need the microfracture, as a bigger man, the question was, how is that knee going to respond? And he did all the right things as far as rehab well, followed the protocol. He didn't get too aggressive on the knee too early. And he followed all the recommendations. And then when he got out of football, he lost weight. And all those things really helped that articular cartilage really heal in an amazing manner because we look as we get older as as athletes and as individuals, one of the things that really creates problems is arthritis. And what he had on his knee, you have to be concerned, is that going to accelerate that arthritic issues? And he did all the right things to help that articular cartilage heal. and, And it's a big, big reason why he's doing what he's doing now. So was I surprised? No, he's,
1: uh, he's an amazing guy and an amazing athlete. If somebody wants to transition into endurance sports, whether it's a triathlon or whether it's marathons or whatever it is, what are good tips to do that safely?
0: I think the first thing is progression. I always tell people, write it on the wall you know, in a Sharpie because that's going to be the key of everything they do. Progress with things slowly. Whether you start up in things is real important. Cross-training. If you want to become a runner or also become a swimmer and a biker, even if it's just for fitness levels, adding that to the side. The other thing is when they get into any kind of endurance event, the first race they ever did is finish to the point where you feel like you wish you went faster. Slow things down. I always tell people to you know, take in the scenery, interact with people on the side of the road. That forces you to kind of slow down. So you get to the end of the race and say, man, I could have been faster here or faster there, but you're hooked. It wasn't a death march. The tribute to Don's mental toughness is his first race was a death march. He really put him in a lot of pain in an area... Most people would have said, "You can have this. I'm done and move on with it." He continued to focus on that carrot of of being an Ironman triathlete. That's important. The other thing is to take care of little issues before they become big problems. You know, you're going to have aches and pains. You're going to have soreness. You're going to have blisters. So, I'm a big, big fan of ice. You know, get get ice on injuries uh, until the swelling goes down. You know, a little bit of ibuprofen kind of thing, over-the-counter medicine, you know, can help with some of the soreness. But I'm not a big advocate of taking a lot of medicine and pain pills and things to kind of control things. Do it the right way with good physical therapists, good physical therapy, icing, compression. Recovery is a big part of what you need to do, both nutritionally, medically, doing, getting into the yoga classes, working on flexibility, uh, working on the massage therapy kind of things that you can do to kind of help body, the kind of body heal itself kind of techniques.
1: And what's a good rule of thumb between knowing what is the aches and pains of pushing your body to a limit that it hasn't gone before and what's injured? How, how does somebody know when they need to go to somebody because they, they may need help?
0: I would say if your main complaint is stiffness. You you get out of bed, things are stiff and achy. You get up and you start moving, and once you move around for five or ten minutes, things kind of normalize themselves and you're able to move the way you normally would. Those kind of stiffness aren't a concern. And differentiating between injury and pain, well, an injury isn't going to get better. The more activity you do, the worse it's going to get. Those are kind of key things. There's something there. Anything that swells. Your body doesn't want to swell. So if you get issues and your knees swell, they get stiff, they get red, they get achy and you're having true pain compared to stiffness, those are kind of the telltale signs that you know there may be something wrong there that you need to address it with a medical specialist, whether it's a doctor, a certified athletic trainer, a physical therapist, to get to them and to get the necessary tests to kind of know what's there. But if, if you're participating in things and progressing with things long enough, you kind of get a feel for this is normal soreness in a muscle compared to this is joint pain. There's a big difference between those, and obviously you'd handle hand one very different than the
1: other. Don, from the experience of having gone through it yourself, from having rebuilt yourself, from having transitioned to something that you honestly had no clue what you were getting into, what tips would you give to be able to stay on the road and, and love doing it?
2: I would echo a lot of the things that Mike said, you know, it's funny, as an athlete you get pretty in tune with your body and you become a little quasi-therapist and physician yourself. You know your body pretty well and you know what you can and cannot do and what Mike said about differentiating between injury and just pain or stiffness is a huge, huge thing. If you're truly injured and you're kind of a meathead like me that just likes to work and just work your way through everything, all you're doing is hurting yourself and Putting off your recovery weeks, if not months, down the road. So you have to be smart enough and, and swallow your ego to say, listen, you know, missing a workout or two or three here is going to be a lot more beneficial for me down the road than trying to push my way through, tough it out, putting up with the pain, and then letting this thing linger for for months or for years. And the other big thing is the idea of getting progressive. You know, people look at me now and say, wow, boy, I remember you from the Jaguars. You were this big, 285 pound defensive lineman. This has been a 12-year progression for me. I mean, it was two years out before I even did my first sprint. It took me four years to work up to my first Ironman, and it's only been the last six years or so that I've been truly competitive in these things and gotten to the point where I'm where I'm pretty good in these things. So from start to finish, it's been about 12 years that I've been gradually working up to the point where now I can handle these advanced loads that I'm putting on for workouts. I can handle the big, you know, 120-mile group rides, these intense running and, tra- and swimming and biking sessions that I go through now. But... Uh, to jump off your couch one weekend and say, you know what, I'm going to jump in with these guys and try to keep up with them the very next day or next weekend, it's a recipe for disaster, and you're just looking to get hurt.
1: Great tips and an absolutely fantastic story. Don Davy, Mike Ryan, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Great talking with you. Thanks for listening to Move Forward Radio. Remember that you can find other episodes at moveforwardpd.com and on iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes, please take a moment and rate our podcast. Even better, if you like this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. We appreciate your support.
2: Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio.
0: Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com slash radio.